Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is presented to you by our friends over at MyBookie. When your money's on the line, choose a trusted sports book that gives you tools to win, like MyBookie. At MyBookie, it doesn't matter if your team is up or down. You can easily cash out or bet the game live to come out on the winning side. Use MyBookie for daily odds boosts, same game parlays, and take advantage of huge prize pool contests. Every single sack, fumble, and touchdown is another chance to hit payday. To get started, go to MyBookie.ag and on your first deposit, use promo code TSUS to grab a deposit match up to $1,000. Try the MyBookie money bag to grab a potential Super Bowl front runner at long shot odds. Plus 38,000 on the Eagles and Chiefs. You won't find odds like that anywhere else. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere, only with my bookie. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi-entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. They're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use that promo code TS. U.S. to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Weekend is officially upon us, and it takes us to Atlanta, Georgia, where two familiar faces, the Georgia Bulldogs and Alabama, will battle for it all in the last season of this 14-team SEC, Texas and Oklahoma, joining the league next year. Things will look different with no more division, so I guess you could say the last SEC title as we know it, and help us break it all down from the, I say, Georgia perspective, but also the game as a whole. Our good friend, Blaine Gilmer, over from Southeastern 14. He joins the show. Blaine, appreciate you taking the time, my friend. How are you? Absolutely. I'm always uh, interested to see the Spurs Up show clips every day on uh, social media, so I I keep that rolling all the time, but I'm excited to be uh, talking the SEC championship. Like you said, the end of an era, but it is kind of apropos with these two Titans uh, that have kind of uh, ruled the, the SEC universe over the last uh, few few seasons um, get to meet once again here, Kirby Smart, Nick Saban, and their talented team. So it's going to be a lot to break down. We've been doing it all week at Southeastern 14. I already got to jump on it. I know you're going to be doing some stuff, and I'm excited to, to talk talk about it with you here today. Yeah, Blaine, specifically, let's start with the Georgia perspective. You know, Georgia was a team, obviously, came into this season. They were the favorite, picked to win it all yet again by many, certainly the SEC East and the SEC Championship by most. And you looked at this schedule, and and, and most folks looked at it and said, hey, it's a favorable schedule, works out well for Georgia. When will the dogs even be tested? I thought it was interesting, Blaine. You were one of the few I thought out there that were willing to be critical and have an honest take on Georgia early in the season even when it was against quote unquote lesser competition that Georgia was not playing at a at a championship level if you will falling behind early in games having to claw their way back right we saw that against South Carolina i think in just the third week second or third week of the season um but as the season progressed Georgia started clicking right we got in the month of November which is when we thought the dogs were going to get tested and i mean they blast Kentucky they blast Ole Miss they blast Tennessee, like just like game after game after game. The Georgia we were used to seeing, you have that game against Georgia Tech, which it was rivalry weekend. I don't really take a whole lot from that. I think the dogs sat a lot of people. Um, where is Georgia now as a football team versus beginning a season when they had so many question marks? And again, you were critical of their play, and maybe they weren't playing at the level they were capable. How much different is Georgia right now going in this game versus beginning of this season? Oh, I mean, night and day different. Uh, the simple fact that Carson Beck, I mean, he had not started a football game. He walked out against UT Martin, and he said after the game, 
hey, I was about to throw up out there. I was so nervous. That's what he that's what he said. I mean, he was he had not started since high school. Uh, so, you know, three plus years of just sitting, not not being able to play uh, meaningful snaps, really. And then going out and being the starter, even against an FCS opponent, he was he was nervous, you know, and he, he played a little bit like that. And and you had to break in some some new guys, whether it was Ra Ra Thomas or Dominant Lovett learning the offense. And there were some of those growing pains and things like that. And Land McConkey wasn't healthy. And and the running backs, there was basically no running backs healthy. They were playing Cash Jones out there, a walk-on from Texas was out there playing running back for Georgia. Um, Amarius Mims goes down in the South Carolina game and they have to reshuffle the offensive line and break in Dylan Fairchild a little bit, Micah Morris, guys who now are two of the they are the two strongest guys in terms of strength on Georgia's team, those two guards, reserve guards, but um they had not played a whole lot of you know, meaningful snaps themselves. And, and they had to work themselves into I, I, the tweet you're referencing. I said, Hey, the ghost of champions past are not going to come rescue Georgia here. You've got to, you've got to, the standard is the standards, what Kirby smart says, and they were not playing up to that standard. But I think it showed a lot of growth and maturity out of Kirby smart himself, because he's seen, okay, what this process looks like over the last two years. And he could have, he could have been ripping these guys and going crazy and all that, but he remained so calm and, and uplifted these guys in the media and things of that nature. And, and talked about them, how, how much confidence he had in Carson Beck because he had seen it for three years going up against some of the generational defenses that we've seen here at Georgia, you know, he went up against those ones. He went up against the Jordan Davis and the Nicobe Dean and, and all of those guys, the Nolan Smiths over the years, he was taking those reps against them. So he had been in the fire and it came to fruition middle of the season when they had to turn it on. And when they had the, their full attention on that Kentucky team that came in five and O to Athens, that's when the flip, the switch flipped and Georgia turned it on and, and they, they haven't really turned back. And Carson Beck has been, absolutely unbelievable i mean we can go into numbers and all that kind of stuff but it's just a totally different team and they've grown a lot and so is their opponent i think you can say the same thing about alabama from where they started at the beginning of the season so nick saban and kirby smart you know people don't want to hear it they want to hear eli drinkwitz or somebody like that get the head get the uh, sec coach of the year deal but i think you, you can't argue that saban and, and smart maybe haven't done their best coaching jobs this season yeah, Blaine, to your point, I, I was going to say that a lot of folks will argue Nick Saban. This has been his best coaching job because we think back early in the year, we'll move to the Crimson Tide. You think back earlier in the year, what Alabama was. Admittedly, Blaine, I was one of those. I picked Alabama to go 9-3, and three, right? Everybody wants to be the first to call the the downfall of the dynasty or Nick Saban being out the door. And, you know, when you looked at the questions in the preseason, you looked on paper, and I, I liked LSU. I, I thought LSU was going to go back-to-back. It looked like on paper they had all the pieces returning. They had the team to go on the road to Tuscaloosa and beat Alabama, and they gave them a great fight. But, you know, when you looked at Alabama early, I think a lot of us thought we were going to be right. You know, Bama loses to Texas, that USF game. Heck, I left that USF game thinking, this team might go 7-5. and five. This team might go 8-4. <laughs> and four. Instead, Nick Saban is able to get this team off the mat, rally the troops, and the evolution of Jalen Milrow has been astounding from what he was at that point, getting benched, making mistakes, to now just a big-time playmaker, right? He's limited those mistakes. He's being much more efficient. I think the offense is much more catered to him and tailored to his skill set. Uh, obviously, the front seven for Bama speaks for, for itself in the defense, but 
What have you seen from Alabama, the, the growth and maturation of this team? And, you know, to a point now where, I mean, I think this is an SEC championship game that's a coin flip ball game, whereas, Blaine, maybe a month or two ago, it didn't look like, it didn't look like there was anybody that could go toe-to-toe with Georgia. What have you seen from Alabama this season and that masterful coaching job from Saban that you mentioned? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. With Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketplace platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. It's okay if you don't know much about marketing. Constant Contact's writing assistant tools and automation features help you craft messaging and say the right things at the right time. I use this to help write and send my email newsletters, and you should too. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Well, the secondary is unreal, and that was that was the case at the beginning of the year for Alabama. They 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 gave up some big plays here or there, but Terry on Arnold has grown leaps and bounds from being the guy that Tennessee picked on last year in Knoxville to being a guy that you don't want to throw it towards and you definitely don't want to throw it towards Kool-Aid McKinstry. They got Caleb Downs up back there who is as good of a freshman college football player that I have seen in a long, long time. He's the best high school football player I have seen in person. And that includes, I coached against Deshaun Watson. Uh, I, I coached against, you know, I, I played against Blake Sims, uh, who went to Alabama from this area. I I played against Connor Shaw in high school. We were in the same region, and th- these are all elite, great uh, high school football players. I've never seen a player as good or as ready to play in the in in the SEC as Caleb Downs at safety for Alabama. So that was elite from the start. Their linebackers are great. So the defense was there, and they kind of leaned on that defense, and they knew, hey, I, we could we can lean on that early and bring Jalen Milrow along. And I think Nick Saban almost was just proving a point to people in that USF game, saying, okay, you you don't like what you saw out of Jalen? Well, watch what you see when we play these other guys against USF. And it was an absolute train wreck. Jalen handled it the right way. He won over the team, and he has matured, like you said, in terms of – and Tommy Reese has, has what you said as well – tailored this offense it's not okay full field reads we're going to cut the field in half we're going to give you one two if it's not there take off and run we're going to add some more quarterback design run elements we're going to take the read out of the quarterback 
uh, and running back exchange. We're either we're going to make it look like we're reading, but we're either going to give it to the running back or we're going to let you pull it, Jalen, and, and go and just be an athlete and use your legs. But he's also grown so much inside the pocket as well. So, you know, I think it's it's similar to George's deal. A guy that had to get his legs underneath neath him at quarterback as a starter, but Alabama still has some struggles that Georgia didn't have. Georgia's starting a, a red shirt freshman at left tackle, but Alabama's starting a true freshman at left tackle. And when you haven't had that year under your belt and you're having to to start freshman, and South Carolina knows about, you know, uh being, you know, having to throw some guys into the fire at offensive line, it's rough. And uh Caden Proctor has really struggled, but even he has started to pick up things. Chris, they they had they've had 39 sacks they've allowed this year but they've only allowed four sacks in the month of November. So that tells you uh, how much Alabama has improved along the front. Now they haven't played the greatest of defenses in the month of November, but uh, they have improved a ton there on that, on that front, the the offensive line there for Alabama. So yeah, that's why it's a, a close game. Now Vegas must know something. I don't know because they keep bumping that line uh, more in Georgia's favor, six, six and a half. You see it by, it could be up by a touchdown at some point, but um, you know, and we can talk for reasons by, like that, but Alabama has grown tremendously as well. Yeah, you mentioned that spread, Blaine. Like I mentioned, it, I think it opened at three. It's now up to Georgia, what, six, six and a half, something like that, over, under, set around 49 and a half. Uh, latest college football playoff rankings, Blaine, dropped. Obviously, Georgia at number one. Alabama's outside of the top six. How does that factor into, I, I guess, the psyche of this game? I mean, it's all on the line for Bama, right? For Georgia, for both sides, right? The winner of this game uh what I think's interesting I saw right before we jumped on I uh, saw some Georgia folks talking there's a better chance that Georgia could lose this game and still make the playoff than Bama win the game and get in the playoff the playoff's going to be a mess right thank goodness there's yeah. a committee that handles that and somebody not us but I mean I, I just a game like this it's only fitting that there's so much on the line that obviously if you're going to have a chance to if you're Georgia when you're third consecutive if you're Bama get back there and have a shot at it you got to win this game, man, because I I don't know that this is the year the SEC gets two in. No, you're not going to get two in. Uh, it's it's not going to be like that unless uh, you have, you know, Oregon blows out Washington, so Washington drops all the way out of contention. Ohio State, I don't think, is going to get in. Um, then you've got, you know, if Texas lost to Oklahoma State and Florida State lost uh, lost to Louisville, then maybe you start to see that that come into fruition if Alabama were to beat Georgia in a close game type deal. But yeah, the playoff uh, thing, I, I don't think Georgia and as much as it is coach speak and as much as, as it is, these players have been trained, you know, Chris to mimic what Saban and smart say, I really don't think they care very much. I do not think they care. And because when you are in that kind of, I mean, it is people think that they have, nerves and pressure and all that kind of stuff being a being a fan or or watching the team and all that kind of stuff you cannot imagine the amount of desire that is inside of that building to not only compete at the highest level but just dominate i mean they have a one you've heard you've heard kirby smart's speeches that have been leaked i mean it's another level man i mean there as they said there's levels to this stuff and i'm telling you kirby uh, that that just drips through him all the way through that program and guys are totally um, just one track mind focused on accomplishing the next task in the very best possible version 
of themselves that they can. And that is a uncommon mindset that you see in the world today. We're so distracted. And I'm not talking about just football. I'm talking about in life. We're so distracted with 10 million different things going on, but to have a singular focus that you are a hundred percent, your energy is put into one common goal with that. I mean, that's what Saban and smart have been able to do. And I think the college football playoff thing, they, they, they all know it's going to take care of themselves because I, at the end of the day, one, the committee doesn't have the nuts to not put an SEC team in. I'm just telling you, they don't. And two, it would be a disaster for their ratings, and it would be a disaster for the the bottom line of the of the college football playoff. They won't do it. They won't leave the SEC out. There's no way. So even if the doomsday scenario comes, either Alabama or Georgia is getting in this thing. Now, Blaine, speaking specifically on the game on Saturday afternoon, the tall task for Georgia defensively is limiting Jalen Milrow, the running ability, keeping him inside the pocket. Is that your greatest concern for the Georgia defense? And if not, what is it when taking on this Alabama offense? I think that's always a, a concern. And and also, also the big playability that they have down the field with Isaiah Bond and Jermaine Burton is big. But I'm telling you what, what I've been saying all week that I think the defining factor of this game is, is – when you look at Tyke Smith and you look at Marvin Jones Jr. and Chaz Chambliss and Michael Williams, and then also how Georgia fits the, the perimeter run game with their safeties of Javon Bullard and Malachi starts coming up. And I mentioned uh, Tyke Smith at that star position. It's been the perimeter where Georgia, Chris, if you'll, if you'll go turn on the tape and look a lot of times they play with a tight you know, four eye head up four or a five a lot of times with no force defender on the outside because what they're trying to do is they're trying to spill everything from the middle and they're trying to say you are not going to run in on us in between the tackles. It's not going to happen. You're going to have to extend everything to the perimeter and then they've had the speed from inside linebacker, star, and safety to rally to that and make the tackles. They have been a, a step slower this year at those positions and the contain has not been there on the perimeter run game. I'm not talking about just quarterback. I'm talking about stretch zone, fly sweep, things like that. Kendrick law, jam Miller, who knows if, uh, if Jace McClellan's going to be able to play, he was on crutches in a walking boot after the game, um, you know, against, against Auburn. So we'll see with no update on him. He did not practice on Monday. So, but those running backs, I'm more concerned if I'm Georgia about, Hey, I cannot let Alabama get a consistent running game and especially that perimeter running game going and get me going horizontally because that's when I, when I get going horizontally, I'm also going to create those vertical seams and that is going to be the problem because Jalen Milrow has been deadly on deep throws this year. Over 50% of his throws have uh, of his passing production has been on deep balls this year the intermediate game not so much so got to control that perimeter run game i think if you're georgia with tyke smith chas chambliss michael williams marvin jones those guys on the edge i think that's going to be the big big factor in this game georgia does that and they're able to make Jalen milrow one-dimensional and then they can go after caden proctor and go after that left side of that alabama offensive line i think they could have a really good day defensively the spurs up show is brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea, are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea 
and packs a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate the game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. The Spurs Up Show is also brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. Download the Game Time app or head over to GameTime.co and use the promo code SPURSUP for $20 off your first purchase. Again, that's promo code SPURSUP, S-P or S-U-P, for $20 off your first purchase. Game Time is the best ticket buying app available that removes all the stress of the ticket buying process. They have things like images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Guys, you can buy your tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps, and you're set. And also, tickets, they're sent directly to your phone. So no more scrambling, searching through your email, trying to find the tickets you just bought. Whether it be the Gamecocks, a concert, a comedy club event, you name it, whatever the event is, Buying tickets shouldn't be stressful, and Game Time is the way to go. Again, that's our friends at Game Time. Go download the Game Time app or go to GameTime.co. And when you do, create an account and use promo code SPURSUP. That's S-P-U-R-S-U-P for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Now, Blaine, switch inside of the football. You mentioned that great secondary from Alabama, the front seven, the entire defense, right? They're stout. But I feel like this could be an afternoon where the country really learns about Carson Beck. And shame on folks for not paying closer attention, but correct me if I'm wrong, Blaine, it feels like Carson Beck has had quietly a phenomenal season. And I don't know if it's just because Georgia was expected to go undefeated. It's like ho-hum, nobody really cares. Like, Georgia's season kind of begins now is how some people look at it or what have you. But, I mean, this dude is putting up insane numbers on a weekend, week-out basis, torching everyone. I just – I feel like this could be a ball game where he goes off, everybody's going to turn their head and be like, where'd this come from? And they're going to look at the stats and realize, hey, this has actually been happening all year. So, your thoughts on Georgia offensively? It's interesting, Blaine. It, it's not that ground-and-pound Georgia rushing attack that I think we're all so accustomed to seeing – the dogs are winning through the air with that Mike Bobo passing attack. How do you expect Georgia to attack that Bama defense, and what type of success do you expect them to have? Obviously, I think this is a defense. Both defenses or both teams, neither side, neither offense has seen or taken on the opponent like they're taking on this weekend. Yeah, obviously, I think these are the best defenses that either of these two teams have played, like you mentioned. But this is not. This is not uh, going to be. You know, in terms of Alabama, they've they've played Texas, but I don't think Texas is better, even though Texas is is explosive with guys like Xavier Worthy and stuff like that. As a unit, as a whole, I don't think Texas is better offensively than Georgia. You go look at Georgia uh, and look at Carson Beck and look at what they've done 
in terms of doing most of their action in three quarters. I mean, he's been shut down a lot in the fourth quarter, handing the ball off, doing that kind of stuff, and still uh, has put up numbers where this guy should be in New York as a Heisman Trophy finalist. I mean, there, there's no doubt about it, but he's a victim of his team's own success, okay, because they have been blowing teams out, because they have been running the ball in the fourth quarter, because they have been, you know, uh, not – the defense has been so good uh, that they haven't had to, to, you know, really go after it. But here's the thing about Carson Beck. He has done his best. He has been his best when his best has been required. This year – Okay, when Georgia has been tied or has been trailing, he is 112 of 150 attempts, and that is good for 74.67. He's completing 75% of his passes, Chris, when they are they are tied or trailing, and 43% of those passes have gone for first downs. I mean, he has been stone cold under pressure, and speaking of pressure, you can't get to him, okay? Uh, you know, over 400 pass passing plays this year. If you take into account the times that he's pulled it down and ran it, he's only been sacked 10 times on the entire year. I mean, that is it. Alabama's Alabama's had allowed 39 sacks on the year. Georgia's allowed 10. So it's going to be a great matchup between Ernest Green and uh, Mary's Mims and Dallas Turner uh, and and Chris Braswell and all those guys over there rushing the passer for Alabama, but the thing I think you need to watch out for is, listen, Brock Bowers and Lamaconga, they didn't play the, the last game. They're going to play this game. I'm just telling you, they're they're going to be in there. They're going to play. Brock Bowers versus Jalen Key, Brock Bowers versus Caleb Downs, as good as he is, Caleb Downs, is he ready as a true freshman to take on maybe the greatest tight end to ever play college football? And that's not a that's not a overstatement. You go look at his numbers. Do you realize you go look at Brock Bowers' numbers in three years and compare them to Marvin Harrison's numbers at Ohio State, and they're right there neck and neck in terms of production? I mean, this guy is unreal in terms of what he's done at the tight end position. You put him and Ladd on the field at the same time, and then now add Dylan Bell in, who's become a monster. Add Dominic Lovett in, who's become a monster. Marcus Rosemey Jack Saint. This is a multifaceted and, and attack and the amount of weaponry that Alabama hasn't seen this year. And unless Carson Beck totally implodes, okay, and, and does things that he has not done all year, I think that they're going to have great success. And then also the other thing is Kendall Milton is running like he has been infused with the spirit of uh, Herschel Walker or something here lately because he is running over people. I mean, running through people's faces and is finally healthy for the first time in his career. Dejan Edwards is a good you know, change of pace back that actually had leads Georgia in rushing. But Kendall Milton has finally become what Georgia thought he would, and Georgia should win the Joe Moore Award this year with that offensive line that they have in front of him. Uh, but they'll probably give it to Michigan again because uh, that's just what that 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 award likes to do. Um, but, yeah, I think Georgia is definitely the best offense that Alabama has, has played. But then again, like you said, Alabama is the best defense that Georgia has played. So it's going to be strength on strength. Blaine, you mentioned all the great players that'll be in this game. Obviously, these are two great teams going at it. In your opinion, what is the X factor on Saturday? When the dust settles and whoever the victor is, what is it that they did that the loser of the game did not do that's going to separate them at the end of the day? 
Well, in the month of November, Alabama is leading the SEC and probably leading the entire world in red zone touchdown percentage. They are over 85% touchdown percentage in the red zone in the month of November. Georgia defensively is has been unbelievable leading the SEC. Early on in the season, Georgia was like down at, you know, uh, they were down at 11th, 12th in red zone touchdown percentage. People were like, oh, no, Georgia's allowing touchdowns in the red zone. Well, guess what? It was only like 15 attempts, and people had scored, you know, enough to get 60 70% on them. People were like, Georgia's not good in the red zone on defense. What's going on? In the month of November, when you mentioned that stretch run against Missouri, a really good team, Chris, right? Good good team. Ole Miss, good, good offense. Tennessee really good the best of the best red zone percentage or one of the better red zone percentage historically um you know over over Hypel's tenure they're good in the red zone and then Georgia Tech four teams that are good in the red zone Georgia in the month of November has held teams to 38.4% in terms of red zone touchdown percentage so which one breaks? Okay, we've got we've got a lot of things that are going to uh, you know streaks are going to be broken, numbers trends are going to be broken. Georgia's won 29 in a row. Alabama's never lost in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Alabama's scoring at will in the red zone. Georgia's not allowing anybody to score in the red zone. So I think red zone efficiency is going to be the key to this game. Blaine, you mentioned 29 in a row for Georgia. Alabama trying to keep the dynasty or trying to keep the Nick Saban era alive in regards to their postseason hopes and their standard and expectations. So, Kind of an interesting question for you. And what I think is so cool about this matchup, right? Like when when Georgia goes throughout its its regular season schedule, that G on the helmet, it intimidates, it strikes. Like that, that was my takeaway, by the way, Blaine, from the old Miss game. I was like, I think we're getting to a point, if we're not already there yet, where kind of like when you'd see that Alabama A, you'd see that jersey, you'd see those numbers on the helmet, that G is starting to strike fear in the opponent where it's like, it's more than just beating this group of athletes and this coaching staff. You have to convince yourself as a football team, like we're not playing the logo. That was the biggest thing with Bama for the longest time. It's like you psych yourself out before the game even takes place. What's great about this ball game, neither side's going to be intimidated. Both teams think they should win. Both teams deserve to be here. They know that. They believe that. But when you look at this game, where does more pressure fall? On the Georgia side or the Alabama side? Man, uh, I mean, uh, you know, Kirby Smart and company say pressure is a privilege. So I guess they they're uh, I guess they're willing to take that take that pressure and take it on. And and you know, they've I would say probably with just with Georgia, just because of the the history of it. And and like make no mistake about it. I, I don't know if you've seen interactions on Twitter and stuff like that, but other than the rogue, you know, crazy people, there's a lot of mutual respect here between these Georgia and Alabama fans because they know what each other have gone through. They know what each other have, have done and, and, and things like that and how hard it is to do it at, at the consistent level that each program has done it. So I've seen that come to fruition. Alabama fans are saying, well, you go look at their message board. They're really nervous about, about Georgia. Georgia fans are really nervous, nervous about Alabama. I would say probably, uh, but just because Georgia and the history in the SEC championship game specifically against Alabama, there's a lot of that can come into play. But one unique thing that I think's happened here in this in this budding, I guess, rivalry you would call it now, uh, Chris, is that in the past, during when Saban was in the midst of his championship runs, right, his 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 you know 
back to back or three and four years or different things like that. It was always the Alabama team that had more experience in the big game environments than Georgia. Well, now Georgia's played in more post, more college football playoff games in the last two years, uh, more SEC championship games in the last two years. A lot of the people that Alabama is playing, whether it's young guys like Caleb Downs or, or people like that, um, they've never been in this environment. They've never been to it. Georgia, this is old hat for them. They've been here. Uh, so while the pressure is on them, I think they welcome that pressure, and I think they thrive on it, and I think they play their best when it comes down to that. I mean, look at Javon Buller. That dude plays out of this world in big games. He's been a college football uh, playoff game MVP, I think, every time Georgia's been in a, a game over there on the defensive side. So, you know, we'll see how uh, how some of the new guys for Georgia do, but I think this is exactly right. I don't think anybody's intimidated. Uh, but I think that there is a little bit of pressure just uh, from the outside looking in, maybe on on Kirby and the dogs to to finally beat Alabama in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Now, Blaine, I'll be locking in my pick later in the week. Admittedly, though, I'm leaning Georgia in this game just because it's – admittedly, it's hard to pick against the defending back-to-back national champions until they show a chink in the armor and lose. You, you mentioned Bama's success against Georgia in the city of Atlanta – uh, I tend to lean too. I think it's going to be a higher scoring game that 49 and a half in Vegas. I feel like the over is the way I'd go. Forgive me for missing your prediction, but which way are you going in this ball game? And do, do you see it like I do being a higher scoring game or the offenses rule the day? Or do you think it's a traditional or a, or a, a typical, I should say, Georgia, Alabama type of slugfest, if you will, where, you know, it's like a punt, a, a pair of uh, heavyweight fighters trading blows on Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, you just go look at, at the history of SEC championship games, of college football playoff games now. When elite teams with elite playmakers get against each other, Chris, and these, you know, the, the bag is emptied by these offensive coordinators, it's just hard to stop each other. Uh, it's just hard to get those stops. And I think you're going to see some big explosive plays hit by each team. I'm going with Georgia to win 34 to 30 because I think it's going to be a track meet. I think it's going to be going up and down, but I think ultimately at the end of the day, this Georgia offense uh, is going to be able to protect Carson Beck. And when he has time, he is just, he's playing like a first round draft pick. Now I know Georgia's going to be hoping that he comes back for another year, but he's playing at an elite level. Um, and I think with the weapons that they have, uh, I think Georgia ends up, you know, it's going to be kind of that, coming down to the end of the ball game uh, type deal. And I think Georgia wins late and, and is able to get a late stop if they need to as well. Blaine Gilmer of Southeastern 14. Guys, be sure to check out those guys over at Southeastern 14. They do a fantastic job talking all things SEC. Blaine, looking forward to the game on Saturday. This is a blast, my friend. Let's chat again soon. And uh, you guys keep up the good work. For sure. Thank you for having me. And it's always fun to, fun to talk about SEC ball, man, anytime. 